the findings of a recent study is recommending policymakers implement new strategies to reduce the high smoking rate of Australians with disabilities. Health experts from Flinders University and Cancer Council New South Wales found nearly a quarter of Australians with disabilities smoke, compared to around 12% of able-bodied people. The Wires Tony Pankalewick spoke with Professor Billy Benevsky, Director of Flinders Health and Medical Research Institute. Well, there's probably a few reasons why smoking rates are higher amongst people with disability. We know that people with disability often face quite a bit of financial hardship and they may be low income. And we also know that people who are on low income and are financially disadvantaged, generally speaking, have higher smoking rates. So that might be one of the reasons. Another is limited access to quit support. So often you might need to go to a GP and then perhaps to some counselling service to help you achieve smoking cessation. And if there are mobility or other health restrictions that limiting your access to health services, it means that you find it really hard to get any help in your quit attempts. And then there's these historical or cultural reasons that smoking rates might be high and that we know that in a range of different healthcare settings historically like mental health treatment services that smoking was almost promoted. It was promoted as a way to control people because they're often inpatient settings and sometimes staff also had very high smoking rates and they would sit down and have a session with a patient and have a cigarette together and this idea of sitting together and chatting over a cigarette, it built rapport between the health service staff member and the patient. Smoking became quite ingrained in certain population groups that might needed inpatient health care. So, you know, in short, there's a number of reasons why smoking rates might be higher amongst people with disability. So across the country, when we talk about the states and territories, are there strategies when trying to tackling smoking issues? Is it the same or is it a bit different in each of the states or has the federal government perhaps mandated all the states follow the same policy? It's a mixture of the two. So the federal government, the Commonwealth, has a national tobacco strategy and traditionally they've always funded a national tobacco campaign. So you might have seen anti-smoking ads on TV or on billboards and so on and that is at a very Commonwealth, all of Australia level, those tobacco control campaigns and policies. But then you also have each state health department as well as each state health organisations like cancer councils, for example, they also do very state-based campaigns. They might offer state-based services. For example, the telephone quit line is offered on a state-by-state basis. So while it's essentially the same type of 
program. It's a telephone quit support program. There are slight differences across each state and it's the health departments at state level that are the providers and the funders of those sorts of programs. And of course, in health services, the no smoking policies within health services, that's at a state level as well. So you have both Commonwealth level tobacco control policies and initiatives and campaigns and then you have at the state level much more bespoke and state specific programs and policies. So can you tell us what solutions are being proposed in the research by Flinders University and Cancer Council New South Wales for smokers with disabilities? I suppose what we need and what we most want to achieve is to create a supportive environment, structure and culture for people with disability to receive all the support that they need to quit, basically. And in order to do that, we need smoking cessation programs that are very much tailored to the needs of people with disability. We don't really understand in full. We're making a lot of speculation, but we don't understand. There's not good data about why it's so hard to quit, why smoking rates are so high. And so we need to understand the factors that cause the high smoking rates and what some of the ways that might be most effective to help people quit amongst people with a disability. We have evidence-based smoking cessation support. We have them. We know that behavioural counselling like that provided through the telephone quit line is effective. It helps people quit smoking. And we also know that pharmacotherapies, so things like nicotine replacement therapy, you know, nicotine patches, nicotine gum, that those things also help people quit smoking. And the best possible support that you can give someone who is smoking to quit is a combination of both behavioural support and the nicotine replacement therapy that's setting them up for success in quitting. And I suppose what we don't know for people with disability is how to get those supports to them so that they're easily accessible, they're affordable, they're available. We also need to learn more about their carers, the people who care for them. Do they also have high smoking rates? So do we need to help them quit as well? So there's a lot of work that we need to do to ensure that the evidence-based smoking cessation supports that are currently available are optimal, that they're suitable for people with disability. Can you go into further detail as to what needs to improve in the healthcare provider sector in supporting smokers with disabilities? I think the training of healthcare professionals and other health providers is really important for the provision of effective smoking cessation support. And there's lots of research now that shows that many healthcare providers are just not equipped, they're not skilled, they haven't received training in how to help people quit smoking. So we do need to improve that training. And this is really important important because in a lot of cases, people with disabilities might have contact points with various types of healthcare providers or social care providers and looking at ways that we might be able to integrate smoking cessation care into the other types of care that people with disability receive 
would make a lot of sense, then it becomes seamless that it's just something else that carers do in providing the type of optimal care for people with disability. But at the moment, there's no national program or health service-based program that does that for healthcare providers. So last question, Billy, is there any final words you want to say or is there anything that I haven't asked you that you'd like to say just to finish it all off? I feel that the high smoking rates amongst people with disability is extremely inequitable and it means a group that is already vulnerable in many ways is even more disadvantaged with these high smoking rates because smoking continues to be a massive cause of ill health and it means people with disabilities are at increased risk of other forms of poor health and so we really need to do what we can to ensure we provide people with the best smoking cessation support that we can. That was Professor Billy Benevsky from the Flinders Health and Medical Research Institute speaking with The Wire's Tony Pankalewick.